Welcome back to Strengthening the Soul of Your Leadership podcast. We are in week five of Lent, talking about suffering, dying that we might live. And again, the lectionary scriptures are so powerful when taken together that we are going to read all four. We're going to listen together to all four of the passages, the Psalm, uh, the Old Testament reading, which is from Isaiah today, um, an epistle reading from Philippians, and then a gospel reading from the book of John. The lectionary readings for the fifth Sunday in Lent. Isaiah 43, verses 16 to 21. Thus says the Lord, who makes a way in the sea, a path in the mighty waters, who brings out chariot and horse, army and warrior. They lie down and they cannot rise. They are extinguished, quenched like a wick. Do not remember the former things or consider the things of old. I am about to do a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. The wild animals will honor me, the jackals and the ostriches. For I give water in the wilderness, rivers in the desert, to give drink to my chosen people, the people whom I formed for myself, so that they might declare my praise. Psalm 126. When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dream. Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with shouts of joy. Then it was said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us and we rejoiced. Restore our fortunes, O Lord, like the water courses in the Negev. May those who sow in tears reap with shouts of joy those who go out weeping, bearing the seed for sowing, shall come home with shouts of joy, carrying their sheaves. Philippians 3, verses 4b to 14. If anyone else has reason to be confident in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day, a member of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew born of Hebrews, as to the law, a Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. Yet whatever gains I had, these I have come to regard as loss because of Christ. More than that, I regard everything as loss because of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things, and I regard them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but one that comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God based on faith. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the sharing of his sufferings by becoming like him in his death, if somehow I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already obtained this or have reached the goal, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus had made me his own. Beloved, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but this one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the heavenly call of God in Christ Jesus. John 12, verses 1 to 8. Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, the home of Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. 
There they gave a dinner for him. Martha served, and Lazarus was one of those at the table with him. Mary took a pound of costly perfume made of pure nard, anointed Jesus' feet, and wiped them with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But Judas Iscariot, one of his disciples, the one who was about to betray him, said, Why was this perfume not sold for three hundred denarii, and the money given to the poor? He said this not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. He kept the common purse and used to steal what was put into it. Jesus said, Leave her alone. She bought it so that she might keep it for the day of my burial. You always have the poor with you, but you do not always have me. I'll never forget leading a retreat with some pastors and leaders, and there was a group of young leaders there, a pastor uh, with his young elders, and they had just started a brand new hip sort of church. And I had just completed a teaching on the nature of the spiritual life, and particularly the Pascal rhythm of death, burial, and resurrection, and how that is just the fundamental dynamic and pattern of the spiritual life, and that Jesus went through that during this season in his life here on earth, and that we almost face it. And so as we were leaving that session and on our way to lunch, I was walking with these young men, and one of them thought to ask, does everyone have to go through this painful place in the spiritual life, this place of death, burial, and resurrection? Or is there any way to get out of it, I think is what he was actually saying. And I stopped for a moment because I wanted to be an encouragement. As a mature leader, I wanted to be an encouragement to these younger leaders, and I wondered how I could be an encouragement in that moment, but finally I just had to tell the truth and say, well, if even Jesus had to die in order for the will of God to come forth in his life, I'm pretty sure that's what it's going to take for the rest of us as well. And so our Lenten journey brings us to this deep truth of the spiritual life, and that is that in any uh, spiritual journey, any real spiritual journey is going to involve places where we must die to what is false or just die to what is lesser in order for the deeper will of God to come forth in our lives. And so the scriptures this week actually point in very powerful ways to the fact that any deeply spiritual life is going to involve some death and dying. And at the same time, each one of these passages uh, points the way to hope immediately. So the Isaiah passage, Isaiah 43, talks about the fact that God is going to uh, wipe away that, that which is old and that we need to let go of that which is old in order for what God has for us that's new to come forth in our lives. So they're already right there. There's this hope that, that we can forget about the old things because th these new things that God wants to do are going to be even better. Um, Philippians passage is Paul's own story of death and dying in his own life where he says that all that he's accomplished before um, all the successes that he's had in his life, all that he used to identify himself with, everything that used to shore up his sense of identity, he's letting go of all of that so that Christ can come through in his own life. And he counts it but rubbish. He doesn't even miss it is what he's saying. He's let go of it all so completely, and now the life of Christ is being lived in and through him. And then in the John passage, this gorgeous story of this woman, Mary, who lays down it all. She sells an, an alabaster box of a very, very expensive perfume so that she can um, minister to Jesus in his final days. And she's willing to just uh, let it all go. She's willing to give it all just for that experience of intimacy with Jesus. And so um, our, our scriptures today just point so poignantly and so powerfully to this rhythm of death, 
burial, which is the time of waiting in liminal space in order for God to bring something new uh, into our lives. And so I guess the bad news is that the only way to experience resurrection is that we too must die. That's the bad news. But the good news is that the only thing we stand to lose in this process of death and dying is the false self, that which is not real anyway. And the only thing that's passing away is that crusty old thing that's no longer useful to us. And I find that to be deeply encouraging. Uh, now, some of us have a hard time thinking of some of the baubles that we have in our lives these days being um, a crusty old thing because we're very attached to some of the things that uh, we've worked for in our lives, some of the things that we've achieved. We, we over-identify with it, some role or responsibility, the successes that we've had. We cling to them a little bit. We don't think of them yet as crusty old things, but eventually what God is doing in our lives and what God wants to do is characterized by so much beauty and newness and freedom that we are willing to let go. And, and in many cases, it's uh, a matter of timing. We have to have lived long enough uh, to have come to the end of what those things offer to us and to realize that we're willing to open up to the new thing that God wants to be doing. One of the most powerful quotes uh, that has to do with this topic is from Father Thomas Keating. He writes that the spiritual journey is not a career or a success story. It is a series of small humiliations of the false self that become more and more profound. These make room inside us for the Holy Spirit to come and heal. What prevents us from being available to God is gradually evacuated. Every word in this quote is so poignant. So what prevents us from being available to God is gradually evacuated as we keep getting closer and closer to our center, that place where God dwells within us as redeemed people. And so oftentimes it is suffering that initiates these necessary evacuations, if you will. Think about that phrase a little bit, these necessary evacuations, those things we have to get rid of, those things that we have to get outside of in order uh, for us to be clean and clear for God to use. And if even Jesus learned obedience through the things that he suffered, you can bet on the fact that we will as well. That was Hebrews 5.8. And I've, I've always um, been really intrigued and fascinated by the fact that Jesus, the perfect person, the perfect who, person who was perfectly in tune with, with God, the, perfect, the perfectly in tuned one with God's will for his life, the one that was uh, perfectly sin-free, still learned obedience through the things that he suffered. Ponder that one for a while. How does the perfect one learn things through the things that he suffers? And so if that was a part of Jesus' experience, it will certainly be a part of our experience as well. So Lent is a time when we practice dying in small ways so that when the bigger deaths come, we will know how to let go of that which is no longer needed. So all the ways we're practicing any form of abstinence in this season, whether we are fasting from technology or whether we're fasting from substances or whether we're fasting from cussing or whether we're fasting from anger, whether we're fasting from using so many words and choosing to be silent and not draw, draw attention to ourselves so much, whether we're fasting from self-promotion and practicing more hiddenness, all of these abstinence practices are actually small dyings, aren't they? They are small dyings to ourselves so that we can become more alive in God and more awake and alert and responsive to the kingdom of God that is pressing in and that wants to come. So 
We will next week be heading into our Holy Week, the time when we really walk closely with Jesus in all of his experiences of death and dying. But one of the things that I think is so powerful is that Jesus, who was the perfect one, Jesus, who was the one who had no sin, still needed to suffer and die in order for God's will to come forth in his life. And what that says to me is that it's not always just sin that needs to be purged in our lives. It's not just sin patterns that we let go of. You know, Jesus let go of his physical body, let go of his life in physical form, not because it was sinful or bad, but because it was no longer needed. And it it was old. It was the old thing. And God was going to do a new thing in Jesus' life. And the new thing was going to be that Jesus was going to be present to us in and through the Holy Spirit more powerfully than he was present with us even in the body. So the letting go was not about sin. It was about just something that was old that needed to be laid down in order for God to do something new. And so I hope that as we deepen our uh, journey with Lent and we uh, actually begin to face into Holy Week next week, that we can have a sense of confidence, number one, that if Jesus needed to die, if Jesus needed to let go of old things in order for the new thing to come forward, that we will have to do the same thing. And that we're not just letting go of sinful things, we're actually maybe just letting go of things that don't serve our journey well anymore. Attitudes, behaviors, uh, things that we could rationalize, but now we say, but wait a second, that is not that is not the new thing that God wants to be doing in and through our lives. That's not the kingdom of God coming in my life. That's still an old way of clinging and grasping uh, to behaviors and patterns and attitudes that I have tolerated and rationalized over time, but now God is inviting me to profoundly let go of those things as a way of shoring up my sense of self and as a way of shoring up my experience in this world. And so as we walk through this week of Lent in particular, it's a tough question. What needs to die in me in order for the will of God to come forth? What needs to die in me so that Christ can live Christ's life fully through me. To settle into that passage that the Apostle Paul, where the Apostle Paul talks about his experience of death and dying, and to say, what are the things in my life that are just obstacles? They're not bad. They were things that God used in my past. They were ways in which I experienced myself being faithful to God in my past. But for now, they're not bringing anything new. Whatever gains I had, these I have come to regard as lost because of Christ. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things. And that that very powerful phrase, I am becoming like him in his death. What does it mean for us to become like him in his death, for us to let go of those things that no longer serve our journey now with Jesus? It's a tough question. Um, Is there any place in which God is rightfully seeking to humiliate the false self because there's something truer that he wants to bring forth. So I think about the personality pattern where perhaps we need to always be seen as being successful. And to do that, we are managing our images all the time. We are always self-promoting. We're always putting the word out there about what we're doing. Um, What does it look like for us to say yes to small humiliations of the false self pattern so that something truer can come forth? Um, it's, it's, it's a poignant question. It's a tender question. And I invite us all to, to lean in to that question and to wonder 
Um, how might God be inviting us to die so that we might live, capital L, that which is life, capital L, that which is life indeed, the authentic self, free uh, to respond to God and to be surrendered to God wholly and fully. It's a beautiful way to live. Um, and it brings me back to the image of Mary, who is literally pouring it all out at Jesus' feet. Um, and none of it matters except for this moment of intimacy that she is having with Jesus. She's willing to give it all up uh, for that one experience of intimacy with Jesus. What is God calling us to give up this week, to lay down, to allow to die, so that we can experience the depth of what God wants with us and for us and in us this season? So as we um, enter into that question, take a little bit of time at the end of this episode in the musical interlude to actually reflect a little bit. Um, Henry Nouwen has um, a powerful reflection that I want to offer us today uh, to lead us into a time of personal reflection about what God is inviting us to lay down or let die so that what is truest, truest in us might live. Where do I sense that God wants to teach me something through the things that I'm suffering right now? I know many of you are having your own personal sufferings in life right now. Losses, illnesses, um, hard places in relationships. And I wonder if we could open up to those experiences in a whole new way by saying and asking, God, what is the obedience that you want to teach me through the things that I'm suffering right now? So from Henry Nouwen. Yes, Lord, I have to die with you, through you, and in you, and thus become ready to recognize you when you appear to me in your resurrection. There is so much in me that needs to die, false attachments, greed and anger, impatience and stinginess. Oh, Lord, I am self-centered, concerned about myself, my career, my future, my name, and my fame. Often I even feel that I use you to my own advantage. Yes, Lord, I know it is true. I know that often I have spoken about you, written about you, and acted in your name for my own glory and success. Your name has not led me to persecution, oppression, and rejection. In fact, your name has brought me rewards. I see clearly how little I have died with you, really gone your way, and been faithful to it. Oh, Lord, make this Lenten season different from the, all the other ones. Let me find you again. Let me hear you again. Amen.
Thank you so much for your support of the Transforming Center and this podcast. If you have enjoyed the podcast, please rate and review the podcast at iTunes or wherever you listen.